0: love talk radio did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated what if that person is you the adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets a court appointed guardian sometimes a total stranger can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASCA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org.
1: Good evening, everyone. This is Marty Oakley. This is TS Radio Network, and we've got a killer show tonight. If you've been watching the news at all, There's a case of a young lady who died. They found her uh, hours after she supposedly died. She obviously, according to Dr. Steers from uh, Forensic Pathology at the University of Wisconsin Medical School, that he determined that she died of child abuse, classifying it as torture. He performed an autopsy on Selah Caden who, according to numerous medical professionals, had been dead for several hours when 911 was called. This is one of the most bizarre stories I have come across in several years. And Kaz actually found it. I read the article on it. And um, we've got with us tonight uh, someone who was directly affected by everything, Nina Caden. She'll be coming on in just a minute. This also involves a child that was under guardianship. I want to know who, why, and who did it, and who are all these people that are involved in this. We have two different couples, but the couple that had these children in their home where this death occurred were these religious extremists, and, you know, I'm no fan of religion. My faith is in God. Um, I think religion is a sickness. I truly do, but anyway, that aside... This is a story that's absolutely going to turn your stomach in some places. And Kaz has actually done most of the background on this. So, Kaz, I'm going to let you pick it up here and then bring Nina on. Okay?
2: All right. Thanks so much, Marty. And, and I am letting everyone know I am in a tornado wash. So if I do disappear, uh, our power is going to go <laughs> out. This story is so disturbing. Uh, Sayla Caden was, uh, according to the state, murdered on May, May 31st of 2018. So this trial has dragged on almost four years from the time that Sayla was allegedly murdered at the hands of Lori and Alexis Berry. And as according to the state, they have both been charged with first-degree reckless homicide and second-degree reckless homicide. If convicted, they will face 60 years in jail. As we speak, the jury is in liberation, and Tony Galley of WKOW is tweeting live. I've got someone uh, watching Twitter feeds for me, and letting is going to let us know the jury did just ask a question, and it was answered by the judge, so that means they are still poring over the facts and we are speculating the jury is not going to go home until a verdict is reached. So it could happen live while we're on the show. What's really disturbing to me about this story is Marty. I I was embarrassed to admit this when I first read the article 4 years ago. I was scrolling Iowa County Confessions. It's a it's a Facebook page and I see this this article and I see this picture and I'm, I look at the picture and I go, Oh, that looks like, like Lori Barry, who I haven't seen in, I don't know, 10, 12 years. And she was only an acquaintance. And I just, for some reason clicked on the, on the article. Cause I didn't know she was living in Mineral point now. And sure enough, it was her. And as I started to read the article, I was shocked because had the, be, Five minutes before I had ever read that article, if you had asked me, Kaz, do you know the Barry family and what do you think about them? I would have not had anything negative to say about them. But the more I've investigated it, the more shocked and horrified I am. And what's really hard on me is I finally admit it, yes, I am an acquaintance of these people, and I met them at church of all places, uh, they, I think I was at the one church that they went to for about 14 years, and I believe they were only there for about four years while I was there. I was never really into all the church gossip. I just went and went home. I didn't even stick around for potlucks. I didn't make a whole lot of friends, but I absolutely adored the pastor and his wife, and I still consider them wonderful friends. They have sent some dad of the Madison area. And I, I, they had no idea any of this was going on. And from what I gather is Jesse actually got kicked out of the church when he did like a carjacking, but anyway that's that's uh that's uh down the road. I know many people are hearing this story for the first time, and they have no idea where it's going, and we are going to bring on the most amazing, strong wonderful woman that i just met i think five days ago and we have been in contact a lot and i just want marty and i and you know, we just want to let you know how much we admire you, how much we support you, and how so sorry we are for your loss and for everything that you're going through. And if you would now, I would like to introduce Nina, Hope, Caden. Thank you so much for being on tonight, especially with such an emotional thing going on right now and with the jury still deliberating. But you are going to tell Sayla's story, and you're also telling your story. So if you would just... You know come on in and let's let's hear what's going on from the beginning welcome nina
3: um hey um so, so do you guys want it like from the moment I met Barry to now or like
2: from the tomorrow? well why don't you um why don't you start with um you? like I was wondering like you and Salo were adopted were you adopted at the same time or at different times
3: No we were not adopted at the same time so uh Salo was adopted um way before me I would say of uh, um, I was adopted in the year of 2007 um so I want to say she was probably adopted around 2005 or 2004. Um, when I first met her, she was just a toddler, three, or if I remember correctly, it's been such a long time. Um, and at the time, transitioning from one culture to another, it was definitely very shocking to me. Um, I how, how old were had- you when
2: you were adopted? Um, I was 10 years old. So... You were 10? Yes. Oh, my God. Now, and I don't know if everyone knows, you were adopted from China. Yes. So what a cultural change. Wow. At 10 years old. Wow. So yes, sailor yeah, was so... already there, and now she's your adopted sister. Okay, go on with yes. your family dynamics there. Yes, ma'am. Um, so – uh my family my adoptive family
3: had two biological time. They adopted um Phila and I and another uh girl uh from China as well. She was the first one who uh was adopted. Um and at the time we used to live in Wisconsin. Um I think as a 10 year old who already developed her own ways of thinking her own kind of morals in a way and um, right. emotions were definitely, you know, there when I came to America, I definitely had a lot of trauma because I didn't really have uh fond memories while living in China. So I remember the first time meeting the Berry family. It was just for a short week, actually. Um, my parents and I, we struggled with, uh, based on their opinions, and what I could remember, if I remember correctly, is uh, we struggled with uh, you know obedience, and I was considered very rebellious. Um, at the time, I developed an obsession for food, Um, I've always actually, actually, I'll take that back. I've always had an obsession with food. Um, I've come to the point where food gave me comfort and um, food kind of like cured all the emotions and feelings that I didn't know how to sort out or how to speak about it. So I Definitely, I definitely ate more than I should as a child, and even now a little bit, but um, so I have, we had a lot of food problems at the house in Wisconsin, um, and it's just, um, I think there were also somewhat just slight jealousy that I was developing, but I feel like that was kind of normal if you think about it, you know, having five siblings at that time. I was very I wasn't I was very insecure. I didn't really have much confidence and self identity within myself. Um but I wanna say I was about thirteen or fourteen years old when I met the Barry family. Um the first time I met them, um they were very sweet actually, very welcoming. Um I remember um, the two daughters that they have were very kind and communicate very well. And uh, after a week, it was I packed up my stuff and I left. And um, if I remember correctly, we moved from Wisconsin. My whole family moved from Wisconsin to Charlotte, in between the moving time, we also adopted another. Two other girls, so um, my eating problems became worse only because, you know, food was taken as taken away from me as a result, you know, of me maybe cheating for homework or lying or if I didn't um, do what I was told, you know, you don't eat. So I, that food obsession became more severe, in my opinion. Um, I, you know, I'll admit I did sneak food. Um, I don't want to say I stole food from the family because, you know, as a single mom, I feel like whatever
2: that's in the house, you know, it belongs family. Absolutely. Food. I would agree. So, I would agree with that. And, who, yeah, I would never care if my boys were eating food. Sometimes it's a bummer when they eat the last slice of pizza. But exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so
3: I you know, I allow my toddler um go into the fridge and she she has a section where it she knows it's hers, yeah when you know, so I wouldn't consider my daughter going to the fridge whenever she's hungry stealing um I think the only reason, in my opinion, by what I did was considered stealing is because due to the fact that we had so many girls at the home um in the house and um having
2: you got to like plan what to make for dinner ahead of time or you know oh i plan it's a chore to plan the menus and i'm sure for yeah for your adopted mom just to come up with the menus it, it, it it's that's hard for everybody And I know because right now there's parts of the story that we're going to save because there have some news agencies that have been given kind of like cease and desist kind of things where they're not allowed to tell your story. And so we are going to respect that people are innocent until proven guilty. So we're not going to tell everything, but I'm just wondering, have you been told to take down your Facebook page? I have by them, Okay, so they must not have a problem with what's on your Facebook page. So for part of this part of the story, we can just have people refer to your Facebook page. And you have so many followers now that you can't have friend requests. You have followers. So right now, uh, for the part of the story where you were living with the berries, everyone can go and check out, uh, go find Nina Hope. On Facebook and there is a picture of you and Sayla on that Facebook page and you have documented so wonderfully some of the documents about, uh, Jesse and the car, the carjacking thing and him losing his nursing license. And so these are, these are, these are facts that you have documented and you have, you've done such a great job and you had commentary on some of the clips out of the hearing. So I'm thinking for time's sake, we're going to jump forward and let's talk about Sila is that okay and everyone is going to do their homework so that Marty doesn't get in trouble (laughs) and they're going to go to your Facebook page and they're going to read all about your time living with the berries this is something that you want to and they didn't let you testify I know one I watched all the different um, things and I know one thing is that when Alexis was um, being, um, into, you know, questioned, she talked about you a lot, and that you two were such close sisters, and that you were so close. And I know that you do not agree with that statement, and you wanted to, you know, they were you felt telling lies about the relationship that they had with you, and I I feel that you should have been allowed to tell your story, but you weren't on on that part of your interactions with the berries but i think for right now if we really focus on Selah and what was done to her so they so she goes to stay Do you know why she has to go and stay with the berries uh is this is behavior issues okay
3: did you yeah. ever see okay. her
2: have behavior issues
3: I think that's kind of hard for me to answer because I was a child, so I didn't really quite have that knowledge of, you know, what's a good behavior and what's a bad behavior and what is so bad that you
2: have to be sent away. Right. Um, And then wasn't there, so I had read, or in the testimony, um, the mom, or the adoptive mom, we'll just call her Lisa Kaden, uh, he Claim that one of the sisters has to have heart surgery, so that's why she couldn't take care of Selah. Does that seem right? I, w- I wouldn't agree with that, although I, at the time when that happened, I was
3: not talking to um, my adoptive parents. Still don't. We don't really have a good relationship. Um, right. I feel like Selah maybe was having emotional meltdowns, uh, anxiety attacks, and um, maybe some mental illnesses that um, I believe, in my opinion, that Lisa and Dave didn't quite recognize or target due to the fact that they were unaware of those they sent Sayla away, which did a bear family. And
2: then the berries, they called it res- respite care. And according to the autopsy, and this is all in the courts, and we can discuss this. According to the autopsy, the, 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 um, the autopsy claimed it was the wor- It was Dr. Steer, correct? He said it was the worst case of child abuse he's ever seen in his life. This man has been practicing for 28 years. He is such a renowned, um, for, what do they call it, forensic pathologist, is that, oh what's the name of it forensic pathologist anyway it's it's like he really yeah. knows his stuff and they actually yeah. have him go all around he's a professor at the university and he also has been called into some really hard situations to do the autopsies of you know all all kinds of special circumstances so what i'm going to i'm going to quick tell the story so on on March, or May 31st is the day that Cela passed away, and 911 is called right around 4.30ish. Is that correct? Right in there. When 911 shows up, EMT, there was two of them, I believe, and they both testified that they felt that the patient had already been passed away, and in fact, rigor mortis was already set in. So they bring Sayla down to the hospital and immediately everyone in the emergency room is, no, there's something up. And so this this pathologist, forensic pathologist out of the UW was called in. So UW is in Dane County. This all happened in Iowa County. He was called in because they're like, this is so, this is a very a very different circumstance than they had ever seen. And they really needed to have a second set of eyes on what had happened and on the stand he said this is the first time that he will ever say he believes she was tortured this this is where it all began and the basically it seemed like the defense was trying to say that sayla was alive when 911 was called and that this medical examiner and all the amts and all the doctors are all a bunch of quacks Is that what you kind of got out of this whole thing that they're trying to say? So because she was alive when they called 911, therefore they did nothing wrong, which mm, I don't know how we're going to skip around that. But so that seems to be what this whole thing is about, is the horrific abuse of this girl. And all the family lived in the house together. And Alexis is 30 now, and Charity, I don't know how old she is. And then there's a son and his wife and the three kids and some other kids. I thought that was odd that, like, all this family still lived together. Do you find that to be
3: odd? In a way, yes. Um, As a 24-year-old young woman like myself who lives on her own, uh, I do find that very odd uh, that – someone who is older than me is still dependent on their parents in that yeah. kind of Um so, yeah,
2: Can I ask a question only-
1: here? Yes. Um, uh, Nina, did you ever, I see what I'm questioning, why this adoption and, and gathering up of so many girls, Did did something ever strike you out about that? Did there seem to be a motive for that?
3: Nothing really occurred until I mentally matured. Um, okay. In my opinion, feel like, you know, Lisa and Dave, especially Lisa Caden, um, it, it's just my opinion based on what I, you know, see and remember is, I remember going to different public events, but, you know, in regards to adoption programs and, and adoption activities, you know, A lot of people looked up to Lisa. Um, A lot of people are just like in awe of Lisa, of all the
0: Chinese Mm -hmm.
3: little girls that, you know, a Caucasian lady adopted. And so due to the such attention, uh, I, I, in my opinion, I I think she liked that and she craved that attention.
1: Yes. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah, and, and then when I read about the condition, this girl was found in where she was found on that sofa, and they said she had apparently been there for a very long time, just left mm-hmm. in that position. Uh, I can't imagine, and, and and what bothers me behind all of this is this uh, trying to pass themselves off as Christians and uh, the, the, yeah. the things that went on in the home that were reported in court, and... Uh, that, you know, it just, it's obscene. It's absolutely obscene. To me, there is an underlying issue here, and I'm not sure what it is, but this thing for this proclivity for girls, bringing them into the family, and they've got an older son living with them and his kids, and, you know, all of these people thrown together, but there seems to have been an underlying purpose for this that I don't think has really come out yet. I think psychologically, and I'm just stating my opinion here, uh, that there is something else going on here that you might have not known about. That's why I wondered about, did you ever have any questions about why all these girls? And um, now I know in China, they don't want little girl babies. So you can't get a little Chinese boy to adopt, but you can sure enough get plenty of girls. And um, But it's just... <laughs> There's something else here that hasn't been talked about um, that I don't know if it, nobody else has thought of it, or maybe it's just me of dealing with so much of this stuff. I'm always looking for that ulterior motive. And, um, mm-hmm. But the description I read, Nina, of, like, being stood naked in the middle of the room um, who, for whose pleasure was this, and not uh, being allowed feminine hygiene products, my God, how devastating. I mean, how devastating. Uh, as a woman, I can't even imagine. I can remember, you know, as a teenager, you know, when all this happened, if you got a spot on your undies, you were hysterical, um, much less not to have any protection. But this all seems so odd to me, and that this abuse could have gone on with Sela um, for as long as it apparently did. Uh, it just, it, this is bizarre, It's just bizarre. And then, like I say, I think you're correct in your opinion that uh, she had to have been a narcissist. She enjoyed all the attention, but I don't think she enjoyed the responsibility. That's my thought. But, uh, uh, you know, you can only speculate because when you're dealing with people whose mental illness is this far gone, and this has to be, you couldn't do this otherwise some form of mental illness, you, you don't know what goes through their mind. But, Nina, were you ever, ever mistreated in that home? At the Barry family? Yes.
3: Yes, many, many times, many times.
1: Okay. And um, um, what did that consist of?
3: Um, it consisted of being rewarded with food. Um, I okay. would go three, four days without eating. On top of that, I would they would make me drink cups of vinegar with milk. Oh, God. Um, yes. Uh, m- Mrs. Berry, Lori Berry, um, has stated many times that her and her husband are very knowledgeable of med- the medical field and what you know, what they can do to the bodies and stuff like that. Yeah. And she knew that I was very intolerant. I am still that way um, because Lisa has uh, said that to her before, I mentioned it, that she is very intolerant. As the punishment of me used to stealing dairy, she, she would give me cups of vinegar and cups of dairy on an empty stomach, um this is me 3 days without eating and if I had the audacity to puke what I just drank um she specifically told me to swallow it um oh god it was it oh. was very inhumane i i really felt like a dog living with them um especially one night when i was left outside in the winter, uh, Wisconsin winter weather, for any of you guys who have lived up north, you you can only imagine how cold it can get, you know, yeah. up north, below negative. <clears throat> and um, I remember it was like, like dawn, just like the sun was just right before it was about to rise. It was getting lighter, and I could tell, and I had to pee so bad. And I didn't want to get in trouble to pee outside either. So I knocked on the door. Um, no one answered. And then I had to urinate outside. I had no other choice. Of course, when you pee outside, you can see the stains, you know. And so I, of course, got punished for that because how dare I pee outside when they don't even let me pee inside. So,
1: what in the world were you supposed yeah. to do?
3: Exactly. I I I don't know. I was yeah. And then another situation. Um, they uh, they threatened to starve me for forty days. I believe I mentioned that on my Facebook page due to the fact that Jesus was able to fast forty days and forty nights, and. Um, it really got me scared. I was really scared at that time because when she mentioned that I literally couldn't, I remember thinking to myself like, if I'm not going to die today, I'm going to die eventually in the, at this house. I would, you know, I would be so cold, so malnourished. I even brought up my concern to Lori Berry. I said, Hey, I'm not um, having my menstrual cycles anymore. My toenails are turning yellow. I can count. My rib cages, like, and, she, you know, the racist comment that she threw at me was, at the time, I was, I couldn't talk back because I knew my punishments would get, would get worse. Um, if I did ever snap back, you know, and even try to fight back, um, I, I would be tortured. So I brought that concern to her and she made this remark saying, oh, it's because you're Asian. Now, oh. now that I'm older, rape has really nothing to do with our how our body functions, you know. And I right. felt very that was very racist of first to even throw that remark at me. And yeah, it's just so many. And so when I found out about Taylor's case, um, four it was four years ago when I found out. I I kept it quiet because emotionally and mentally I was still healing from the hurt that the Barry family has caused. And so um, when one of my friends sent me the recent trial uh, newsletter, that's when I was like, okay, this is not right. Um, We got two parties that are thinking about this situation and that situation. So that's when I decided to speak up about the Barry family, about my experiences with them. And I will always believe that Thayla really was truly murdered because based on the experiences I had with them, Sayla is a lot smaller than I am. And mentally and emotionally, I honestly feel like she just couldn't handle it anymore. And there were so many nights I remember while living with them that I just wanted to die. You know, someone who, yeah. you know, barely believed in God, but still had some type of glimpse, you know, thinking, okay, God, if you are real, take my life away. Take my life away because I can't eat. I can't feel, I want to feel numb. Um, Just take my life away. And it was every single night. I That was my prayer to him was take my life away. I don't see any purpose in living here. I don't see my words. and so I can only imagine how Salo felt within the short time of her living with them. You know the the desperation. That's what I would call it the desperation
2: of not wanting to live. Oh my God! And um and Marty, I I know I have mentioned this, but I should let the readers know. It took me from the time I met um, Nina. I started going into you know I mean just really researching this whole thing because it, what what interests me about this is the fact that I I knew this family as an acquaintance and I I mean I'm like wow I am the worst judge of character and digging through stuff I have found two other victims that are not related to Nina and they I will not be revealing the names or who they are but. Uh, there are more out there and, you know, the process, the prosecution, I I think they're, I think they're going to come back with a guilty, a guilty verdict. And if they don't shame on the prosecutor for not letting Nina to take the stand. And it really wasn't that hard to find the other victims. It, it was not hard. So, um, but you know, let's like some of the stuff that's gone through this trial, they the state puts out i mean they have this you know autopsy actually have two different doctors do the autopsy they talk about you know everything that we've just talked about and the pictures that none of us have seen that i can only imagine are being shown to the jury it just got to be horrifying and then the um what was it? The the defense the the defense the I, there was a few things that stuck out to me that I just thought, are you kidding me? They said, why does the the, the van that comes in and investigates, why does it say crime investigation unit? It should just say investigation unit because they're innocent until proven guilty. And there was this whole discussion that the word crime is on a van. I just thought, oh wow. I mean, there's yeah. more important things to be talking about than. A, the word "crime" on a van. There were some other well, stuff correct. where, yeah, um, Alexis is la- yeah, laughing all the time, and that she, what is it? She rescues raccoons. So, part of the um, in, in the ending, what do they call it? The final comments or whatever the closing remarks um, is that Alexis couldn't have done this because she rescues raccoons. Are you was Oh, another one was, we don't know how Selah died, but you have to just take it on faith, Like you do, you, you know, know, Christmas miracles, sometimes things just happen, and there's no explanation for it. That was it in the closing hearing. Another thing was, um, Lori has been my friend for the last two years. I need you,
1: Jury, to take care
2: of my friend. I... I I mean, yeah, it is it is grasping and I hope that the jury sees through all that. Marty you've been doing this so much longer than myself or Nina. What do you think? The jury is still in deliberation right now. Does the jury see through those I think sorts they're, of tactics?
1: I think what they're basically deliberating is which charges. Um uh, what they can you know uh which charges they're gonna find guilty on. That's what I think. I don't see how you could come to any other conclusion on this. The pictures alone of the condition that child was found in
0: were absolutely
1: Mm -hmm. horrifying. And how you can say, oh, you know, it just happened and things like this happened. No, this was done to her. This was done. This was, I think that Dr. Sear is exactly right. This was a long-running system of torture for this girl um, that ended up, she finally succumbed not only to malnutrition but exposure, neglect, and God knows what else they might have done to her. Um, I have two questions here quick for you, Nina. Uh, number one, uh, I've been asked to have you say your Facebook page again. Uh,
3: Nina Hope, that is my Facebook page.
1: Okay, Nina Hope. Okay, and then the other thing is um, I had read that it, that Sheila was um, – um uh, possibly autistic is that true did you ever hear that
3: i i honestly don't believe that sayla is very very smart um there is no there's really nothing about okay. her that would make me feel like she was autistic
1: okay okay And I know you're not a doctor and you're not making a medical diagnosis. I know that. But, you know, being around sometimes these people, it can be extreme or it can be minimal. But apparently the berries thought something was wrong with her and um, took advantage of that from what I read in the newspaper articles. Um, Like I say, this has got to be one of the grotesque, most grotesque things I've ever come across. And for them to even try to pardon themselves, by saying, well, you know, it just happened and, you know, she, we didn't do anything and, well, you didn't help her either. And, um, you know, we have a duty as people, if someone is in distress, to try and help them. That's part of being human, that they let this girl lay there like that in that filth and emaciated and knowing she had to be suffering and did nothing, didn't call for help, didn't try to comfort, didn't try to clean her up. Um, didn't try to feed her, didn't do anything. And just because maybe you didn't suffocate her physically, you were still, in my opinion, responsible for her death. You did nothing to stop it. And, you know, these court cases, I get really tired of what these attorneys are allowed to get away with when they're trying to provide cover. They'll come up with the most ludicrous crap, just like the concept, of, because the word crime was on the side of the van. What in the hell does that have to do with this? Nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing. They're at straws, you know. And uh, they, I read, too, where they had the prosec- or the defense had their own medical expert come on. And he said, well, he, he didn't think it was torture because... Uh, if she'd have been suffocated and tortured, he would have expected to see a lot more injury from that. I didn't know there was a line of demarcation myself um, mm. so he would have felt better if she'd have been bruised from one end to the other and you know choked and i mean he, it's such a limited and and baseless statement to make, but this is a I- these people have no defense that's what it gets down to. They have no defense for what happened to this young
2: woman, yeah. And we haven't told the listeners what the state claims happened. The state accused Alexis Barry of holding Selah's hands down while Lori suffocated her with a blanket. That is what the state, that is in the court documents and what the state alleges happens. The state alleges that he probably passed away or was murdered a little bit after noon between noon and 1 9-1-1 wasn't called until you know 4:30 so you know we can only speculate were they trying to get their story right or did they really think she was still alive like what was going on what was actually going on you yeah. know and that's that's up to speculation you know yeah another question
1: here uh, they're asking if did they ever justify the the uh, emaciation. I think if, I read she weighed less than eighty pounds upon death. And, um, Correct. Was yeah. she ever to the doctor?
2: Nina, did you? I never Hello? heard. I never heard that. Actually, that oh, that was, actually was come up. Were, did
3: you, Nina? Was Selah ever taken to the doctor? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, not to my knowledge. I don't believe so.
1: Was is Nina was. Did since you were adopted and here's a ch- also a child in there under guardianship. I want to know how that happened. Um, did did social services ever visit? Did anybody ever not come to check once. on you, kids? Not even once. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Well, imagine well, that with I the bear family. No,
3: I, I nobody checked. Yeah. Wow. Were you, Nina, did you go to school or were you homeschooled? I was homeschooled while living with the Barry family.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Huh. This is just, I, I don't even know what to say here. Like I say, the the photos and part of it was blurred out were so grotesque. Um, I don't know what defense these people possibly, which is why you're seeing so much straw pulling. Uh, this stuff that matters not, uh, trying to create some kind of defense because there is no defense for the condition that girl was in and the time she had been in it. And like I say, where was social services? Um, They dog everybody to death. Why weren't they there? Why weren't they doing home visits uh, to check on you kids? I See, I don't understand that. Um, I would imagine uh, having adopted this number of children, that there is a connection uh, between social services, CPS, and this family. There's some kind of a connection there where they're working with one another, you know, if you know what I'm saying. Um, Mm -hmm. Because this is just the the things we would normally see, Nina, you know, the hounding by social services and CPS isn't there. I want to know why not. I want to know why not. Why weren't they checking on you kids? Um, the the grown son that was living there with his kids did what did he do anything?
3: Um, to my memory, if I, um, the son at the time while well, when I was living with the Barry family, he was actually courting. They called it courting. Um, he really he really wasn't at the house much. It was mainly Alexis Barry, Charity Berry, and um, mm-hmm. Jesse Barry. Um, now, with Jesse okay. Berry and my experiences with him is whenever he comes home, I never know what kind of story Lori Berry would you know, tell him. And so sometimes, I remember this one night, um, they were accusing me of stealing tampons. Now, remember, I, oh. I didn't know how to use a tampon. I had a pad, and I was on my menstrual mm-hmm. cycle that time. Um, I would say it was within the first week of living with them and um in the nine months of living with them. Um and he was he picked me up and just shoved me against the wall. I couldn't get down, I couldn't move, his two hands were, you know, under my armpits and as someone who was vulnerable emotionally, mentally and oh. physically, I could not get away from that position. And I remember him yelling in my face to the point where I dozed off because I think my brain was so traumatized. All I remember was his eyes and his mouth, and he was spitting at me. And um, at that moment, I realized, you know, as a 16-year-old, thinking to myself, this man has anger problems. This man has anger issues
2: and um okay
3: now he did a
2: carjacking or something so that i mean that's a a a police report so definitely that's kind of not normal so and nina has caller here nina has that on her facebook page
1: all right okay all right we've got a caller here um area code 616 you're live and on the air
4: Hi, Marty. This is Holly. I'm the mom um, from Michigan. I'm the mom who has yeah. a severely severely disabled cerebral palsy daughter, and the daughter was taken from me because of probate. Um, they never right. alleged any charges or whatsoever, but there is a reason why... <laughs> Your one question about social services, they have no education or knowledge of what abuse is, what abuse is not or in between. No rhyme or reason. I'm going to put that out there right now. They don't have a clue. They're not not—they're um, not even medically acknowledged. They don't even know the difference between what a bruise is and those uh, um, spots on kids, especially kids with darker skin. They don't know. I worked in hospitals for 15, seven years. They don't know. But One of the things I did to protect myself because Emily was very cerebral palsy and she was only 85 pounds and that was a good weight for her because she's only 4 feet um, 7 or something like that. But um, I had her out in the community all the time. She was swimming three times a week. She was going to concerts. She was going to movie theaters. She was going out to dinner. I mean, I took her everywhere, out and about, because on the flip coin of this, parents of special needs kids is a favorite to condemn or say that you're abusing a kid because the kid looks different then they're taken away, put into some group home, and they're really abused. So that's the flip point of things. And one of the things parents do is to make sure they take them out in the community so everybody can see them. So there's no doubt that someone's being abused or not. Um, it's the hidden ones. But when you're talking about also of following adopted kids, they can't follow adopted kids because otherwise the kid's never adopted. I mean, you have any, I mean, you, you have, how can I say this? You're keeping a kid in a system if you're suggesting that every adopted kid be followed. And that is the act backwards of trying to get a kid into a family. So it's a flip coin of thing. I mean the stuff that you're talking about okay. is god awful. And I've seen god awful things from working in the hospitals for fifteen years in pediatrics. God awful things. Really, really bad things. But what happens is when these notorious cases come out, then all of a sudden there's this huge overreaction, and then more kids are taken out of the home that are not even abused. Um Brain. So you have my personal perspective on this that you have to be careful about saying social workers to check up on adopted kids because social workers have no knowledge of anything. I mean, the red flags here. There were a lot of red flags, granted. But it had. I mean, it's the same thing with that that uh, Hispanic kid uh, who was. They knew he was being beaten, but they just didn't do anything about it. Or the cops kid. They know. They knew those kids were being abused, but they didn't do anything because it was a cops kid. So it's just okay. a, a mess. Mess. Do you remember the the kid who was thrown in uh, the garage? But. And the school yes. called again again and, again and 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 um it was just awful. But social workers well, don't none of they don't have a clue. They have no idea who's being abused or not. They don't know. They number one, they don't have the okay. knowledge. They don't have the medical expertise and they're just taking everybody for fear uh one of these kids are abused or for the money they're just taking everybody and pushing them around and it's not it's not preventing abuse so i guess i just have to disagree when you know you talk about social workers following up on the well emily was adopted but i also had her in the hospitals i had her out in the community swimming um, uh, out in the beach, um, horseback riding, you name it. We were doing it. She was doing it. And she was severely, severely disabled. And now they took her and stuck her right back in an abusive situation. So that's the flip coin of things just to let you know. Because okay. it's special needs parents, uh, boy, the public love to go after them big time because their kids mm. do look different. So okay. I guess I'm just we've got putting
1: a, that out there. Okay. We've got another caller here, area um, code 703, and I think I know who this is. You're live and on the air. Yeah.
5: Okay. Um, to the lady who just called in, the only thing that I'd like to add to that is whether the social worker should know, they should be trained in what it looks like, the difference between a bruise and being abused. And to Marty's point, that they should be checking on children that are adopted or children that are natural born to the family if there is any possibility of abuse going on. But when a child is adopted out, it is their responsibility to go check on that child. So I have to respectfully disagree with your comment on that. They have an obligation.
4: kids well, are never out of the system. I mean, they're never out of the system. They're always back and forth. Of course, they're never out of the system. And social workers are not medically trained. They don't know. But they the should be. A, no, they can't be because not everybody can do everything. They don't know the difference between a Mongolian spot and a bruise. They just don't know that stuff. They have. They don't have a. They can't be because there's just too much thing. Not everybody can do. Okay. Everything. The
5: point. The. I'm not going to argue with you, but the point is that children need to be protected, whether they are your born child or whether they're an adopted child. Children need to be protected, and that was Marty's point. I'm not going to deliberate this with you. That was Marty's point, is they need to be checked up on, and this young lady was not protected from an adopted family. That's my point.
4: No, I agree with that.
5: We're going to
1: get back to Nina here. Nina, when you were there, like I said, no one from social services came. No time was Selah ever taken to the doctor. And didn't anyone in the community question where this girl was? Because she laid on that sofa apparently for years in that hole. No one questioned where this girl was, why she wasn't around? I... I'm
3: not sure about that, but that when I read that Sarah was left for hours, I do believe that. I do believe that the berries would leave her unattended for hours and hours because that's the way they treated me. They would leave me outside for hours and hours just because they can. And if I was a bother that day, well, they can either have me sit, you know, in front of a wall all day. Or um, they had me, they had a, a plank wood and had me kneel on that plank wood for hours as well if I was, I guess, misbehaviour or, or misbehaving or disagreed with one of the accusations they threw at me. Um, so they would just leave me there for hours. And if I moved, well, here comes the beating. And the bruising on Selah, I believe, that truly happened to her because it's one thing if you pop a child on the butt, I don't believe in popping. I don't believe in spanking, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I do yell at my daughter, you know, here and there, but there's a difference in spanking a child rather than beating. Um, Yeah. When the first time the Barry family beat me, I remember jumping into the shower. Of course, I was monitored. I had no privacy at all. And this was, I was a girl who was going through puberty at the time. So you can only imagine how humiliated I feel um, not being able to just go urinate for like 30 seconds or shower to have a private time where I can literally cry. Um, Anyways, back to the bruising. I remember jumping into the shower, and I was horrified because my whole bottom, down to my thighs, because they also beat me around that area as well, it was purple, yellow, and I was aching for at least a week. And, of course, the Berry family just ignored those signs and called me dramatic. Um, they also had me wear the same type of underwear for most of my time living there. I would say about seven months, I was wearing the same Walmart brand Fruit of the Loom um, white underwear, and if it was dirty, well, wash it by hand, and if the stitches came out, well, if you know, if you can't seem to treat somebody nice, you know, you don't deserve nice things. Therefore, you will wear that underwear until the stitch come out. So, the stitches come out. So, um, it's just like inhumane things like that that makes me lead to believe, in my opinion, that the the Bear family did murder Sela, And the fact yeah. that there is a trial... Debating yeah. that is insulting to me. Um, I just, yeah, I have no words and how to express how I feel about this whole situation. And of course, how,
1: I can't.
3: How can old see how was Zila? How old was, was she thir- when she passed? Thirteen, I believe. Yes, thirteen. Oh wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so she had a whole
2: life ahead of her. She could have.
1: Yeah. Yes. Wow. This I'm, is just I'm disgusting. getting
2: messages. people in Iowa County are listening to the show. I've seen the messages. Thank you. Thank you so much for caring about what happened in your own community.
5: Yeah.
2: I hope the verdict comes soon where the jury is still deliberating and mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully we will get, we will get a verdict while we're still on. I mean, the trial started last Monday. They thought it was going to go for two weeks. They, and they did closing arguments this morning and the jury is deliberating as, as we speak, as we're sharing. But I, I know the one thing that was very upsetting for Nina is that she was not allowed to have her voice heard in court or her day in court. And Marty, Why? let's, Why? Uh, um, Nina, you, you, you let the prosecutor know about your story, didn't you? Yes, I did. I
3: called um, the DA, which is the prosecutor, Matthew Allen, and um, I, you know, called and I let the person who answered the phone, you know, I used to live with the Barry family. I'm a teacher of Sailor Caden. My name is Luna Caden, and I would like to testify against them. And she called me back within 15 minutes and she said that I am not allowed to testify due to both parties did not put my name down as a reference. So it led to me believing that the fact that they refused me to have on the stand is just, it proves just how true this case is. You know, I, right. I feel like I am the only truth to this whole situation. I have experienced both sides. I know both people, the Barry, the Say my sister, Selah, and I feel like if I was just on the stand to give me a one-minute testimony, the yeah. whole case would
1: turn around. Did, so. uh, Nina, did the rest of the family testify?
2: Lisa and of- they did. Yep. And then all the Barry family, like all of them. And while we're talking about the Barry family, Marty, correct me if I'm wrong. If you run for public office, you put yourself out in the public and anyone can say anything about you. Am I correct? Yes. Okay, yes. so so here this story because now we did religion, now we're gonna do politics. So um, everyone knows what the United States House of Representatives is and that we have right now, currently in the House of Representatives, we have Mark Pocan representing our area for Wisconsin. And, uh, Nina, did you even notice that TAS, Charity, Charity yes. is, announced her candidacy in 2020? Now, let's all back up. Scylla was murdered in 2018, or allegedly murdered, allegedly murdered, um, in 2018, and on the stand, Charity admitted that she was living in that house. Although she has not been charged with any crime, in her testimony, she came home uh, right before 911 was getting called. So she she was living in this household. If these things were happening, she had to have seen them. Uh, knowledge. That she had not. Oh, and yes. now she's running for public office. What do you make of that? Um, I would be
3: embarrassed, honestly, to even take into consideration to try to put myself in a position where the public eyes would constantly stare at me. Um, you're living in a fishbowl where everyone is watching and your family is on trial for a murder of an innocent child and here you are running. But again, I also feel like it's a joke that you, that you even think you can partake in that kind of, if your family is murdered, what makes you think you are capable of making the state a better place? Your family can't even provide for an innocent child. So what makes you believe that you can Provide knowledge
2: and safety right to the right. state that you are in, ooh ouch I never thought about it that way. That's that preaches. yeah mm-hmm. yeah what what do you make of that Marty
1: Well, hang on, I had to make sure i was not muted um it it takes. It, There's an underlying issue here for me And that is the low level of Representation that we Have to begin with Um, We're supposed to have a representative government And we don't And um, and most of these people would sell their Soul uh, for a sense Of power and greed And uh, just to be accepted In the status quo And um, so it's always uh, uh, It doesn't surprise me She's stepping into people or, that are of her ilk. Um, but if this comes out and they make a, you know, her opponent makes an issue of it, she's down the drain. Um, um, whether or not they do, that's another matter. And But like I say, if she was in and out of that house while this was going on, um, you know, and obviously as she was grown, she had to have known what was happening was wrong. Why didn't she do something and, what scares me about it is this this mother. Um, what what is, something's not right there, in my opinion. Something's not right there. You don't uh, did like all the other children in the house. Did she mistreat them in any way, or did, was it selective?
3: Are you referring to the Caden family or the Barry family?
1: Yeah, uh, the Barry family.
3: <laughs> okay. Um, so the dynamic of the family, in my opinion, based on what I can remember, um, it so Jesse very was the top of the household, and they they had this belief where you know the husband goes out and work, and then the woman stays at home and cook, uh-huh. clean, pay the bills, and whatnot. And when Steps the husband comes home, he um, the the wife informs of what happened going on that day. And um to my memory, Alexis Berry and, uh, and Charity Berry, they were more of a robot, you know, don't feed me up today. Yeah. Or if I did something that Charity Berry thinks, oh, my mom may think this is out of okay, case, so I'm going to inform her of that. So it was more of like like a factory like Nina did this, I'm going to inform yeah. her of that. Okay, don't let Nina eat. Have Nina play, stay outside. Um, do this to her, do that to her. So they're they're like a robot being commanded of what to do. I even remember like, you know, um, Lori Barry would wake up, you know, in the mood for some. Um, McDonald's, and uh, her favorite drink was Yellow Mellow, or was it Mellow Yellow? I don't drink soda, so I'm not familiar with soda names.
1: But um. Me either.
3: <laughs> so, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Mellow Yellow, but yeah. anyway, and I yeah. remember Lori Barry mentions, you know, I'm really in the mood for some McDonald's, Charity. Can you go bring it? And it's like the way she's Stood up, and the way she grabbed the car keys—it was more like eagerness to like whatever I can do to please my mom, so I can get the attention I want. And yeah, it's such a weird dynamic. But Sherry okay. Is, I'm a, I'm a little. Mean, go ahead. Go oh,
4: ahead.
3: Like I was gonna say, in my opinion, Sherry is definitely, for sure, aware of what is what was
1: going on around her. Okay, now I'm a little confused here. You mentioned two different co- the Caden family and the Berries. Now, how are these families connected? What's what's the deal there?
3: Oh, uh, the Berries family and the Caden family. Uh, I didn't know how they. Well, I wasn't there at the time when they developed the friendship, but apparently they have been friends for a very very long time. So that's how they knew okay. each other. One of the Caden's daughters attended martial arts and one of the Barry daughters also attended martial arts and I think that's how they began the friendship. Um,
1: Okay. 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 It just seems to me that um, something isn't right in all of this. This connection between these families. Now this... The Caden family had to have known what the berries were doing. They had to have.
3: Oh yes. And why didn't they do something? I I honestly, to this day, even as a mother and as a decent human being that I am, I to this day I still cannot develop that comprehension of like who would allow this person to go through that. But I specifically remember the time where I was about to leave the Barry family, and she sat me down. I had a table facing the wall. I, that was my little station. I would, my face was always through the wall. Never, you know, had a proper, um, but yeah. anyway. So I remember Lori Barry mentioned, asking, are you going to say this? You know, tell what happened to your sisters. And I didn't answer because I wasn't sure what the right answer was. So I waited. And like I knew yeah. she would reply. So she said, You're not you don't need to tell the rest of your sisters of what's going on or or what happened because you don't need to scare them. And I and she said, uh-huh. You know why you don't need to scare them? And I said because I'm was, i manipulative and I'm a liar. And that was literally straight out of my mouth because that's what I was told for many years. And so I said, because I'm I'm a manipulator and I'm a liar. She said, exactly. Now, we're sending you back because we're noticing that your behaviors are changing and it's just time for you to leave. Everything happened here, Lisa and Dave know about it. We call each other mostly every night. And I do remember that. I recall them calling each other, many nights, uh, informing uh Lisa of what's going on, what happened. So when I went home I I was so scared to say anything, I just assumed that Lisa and Dave knew everything about it. Um my opinion, I believe Lisa and Dave knew exactly what was going on. There's no yeah. hiding it. Now yeah, the autopsy I, uh, of I, oh, go
2: ahead.
3: I was gonna
2: say the autopsy of Selah the um, Dr. Seeger when he talked about the injuries, okay, so the 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 healing injuries were older than the time frame of when Selah got to the berries. So some of those injuries happened before she got there, and then it was never talked about. I'm like, oh well, I did the math. That's 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 interesting. That's yeah. And then you know, it, you were left, you know, if you knew how to do math, you count up the weeks what he and you go oh okay so I don't know if that's for another day I've been told uh, there's no jurisdiction over the cadence here and I, I mean I guess at this point why would yeah. you know that's just grasping for straws and you know the one thing before we before we close out, there's something so amazing and positive that I want to talk about Nina. Nina is you are so beautiful. Nina is an Instagram model. And you (laughs) posted about two times This is, you are beautiful and so is your daughter, but there is something that you posted and I think I saw it. I think, I think, do you have like a TikTok or something? I, you know, I was just, I was like, like trying to learn all about you and you're just amazing and um, I'm just so honored to know you. But you talked about why you do fitness because Nina is in really good shape. And, and you talked about, I can't even remember where I saw it, that you, that you feel the burn and, and would you want to say why that is? I, I just thought, because you're amazing, the fact that you have survived this, that you're talking about this. I, not too many people can do this. And when, when you talked about what fitness meant to you, it was, it, it was so amazing. Would you mind sharing it? Because I want everyone to hear from you.
3: Yeah, thank you. So. Um... After living with the Barry, um, my family sent me to a girls' home. I when I turned 18, I um I I think they didn't they couldn't um have 18 year olds anymore. They had a like a age limit. So at least and they found a place called a program called Job Corps, where you get to learn a trade while also get a high school diploma. Um, it was like a more like a college as like a dorm setting so I lived there for about a year um while living there that's when I regained my confidence my self-worth my you know just a will to live and uh this the e-coach that um I felt led to really talk about my past because I was just so hurt I didn't know how to keep it in anymore? So I gave him like here and pieces and bits of you know what I had gone through, and this um, is the fact that he is a PE coach. We had PE activities, and that's when I altered my hurt into physical activities. I was able to you know somewhat um, escape my hurt and my trauma for about two hours or an hour and a half, just sweat it out and just not think about the hell I was living in and just think about the progress I can make physically within myself. Um, you know, I, my body was taken advantage so many times, you know, being stripped away you know, from clothes and to being told what to do and everything, when I work out, I get to think of the end goal of what I want to look like, and that is, you know, I want to represent myself in the best way. You know, when people look at me, I want them to see, wow, Nina really takes good care of herself, not only her daughter, not only her lifestyle, but she lives a very healthy lifestyle, and I want to You know, people come up to me and ask, what inspires you to work out so much? And that's when I can give them my testimony, you know, why I work out so much. And it has helped me heal in a way instead of being angry so often. I used to be so angry because I didn't know how to translate all of that uh unexplainable emotions and feelings. And I was able to translate that into my fitness, and that's when I kind of got hooked on it, and I never stopped
2: since then. You, you just, like, you just continue to amaze me. I don't know if you realize how many people can't recover from what you've recovered from. And what an inspiration you are to others, and you probably don't even see it. But you are so amazing. I I, I mean, I hope Netflix is listening right now because your story – wouldn't you just say, Marty? I'm just kind of speechless.
1: Well, usually what we hear is people who crash behind something like this – They don't have the wherewithal to pull themselves up and get out of it. All of this, how you're living your life, was a choice you made. You knew what you came from. You didn't want to stay in it, so you worked to change it. And if we could get more people to do that, too many people need to begin identifying themselves only through the myopic scope of um, I'm a survivor, Uh, I was injured, you know, I was hurt, and they never let it go. And it defines who they are. And when you try to help them, they'll ask you for help. When you try to help them, if it looks like you're actually going to succeed, they get really angry. And I finally figured out after a time what they're angry about is if you take this victim identity away from them, they don't know who they are anymore. They're so Mm -hmm. identified with that. And uh, so I think what you've done in promoting yourself and moving yourself forward and beyond this I think is commendable. Um, you you know, that you're, you're making headway in spite of, and, uh, I think that's something to be applauded, but, you know, do you, you know, I'm worried about this verdict, I truly am, um, because you don't know who all's fingers are in this pie, (coughs) excuse me, and, um, You don't know who all's really involved. These people are the surface. But there were a lot of facilitators along the way, Um, a lot of people who could have intervened and didn't, who should have known and didn't, um, who should have been doing a lot of things but didn't. So this is a failure of the system all the way across. Mm -hmm. I still am not clear on the connection between these two families. I realize they're good friends, but how did they become involved? in the adoptions and, uh, you know, kids under guardianship and all of this, how is that intertwined? I'm not clear on that.
3: The Barry family claims, uh, if I remember correctly, in my opinion of memories, um, they wanted to be missionaries. Um, oh, they, yes, they wanted to be missionaries in Brazil. So, uh, while living with them, they did talk a lot about that. I think, the fact that the Barry families wanted or dreamed of being missionaries, my family thought, oh, they're going to be missionaries so they know how to take care of
4: people. Um, yeah.
3: Dave Caden uh, was informed that the Bayer family is very knowledgeable in the medical field. So that makes they feel at least, you know, okay, well, if something were to ever happen, dangerously worse, you know, or still ever to get hurt, they're in good hands. Um, Yeah. I think the fact that, you know, the Bear family wants, you know, claims or dreams, however I should put it, in my opinion, the fact that they wanted to be missionaries, you know, the Satan family thought, okay, well, they're missionaries, they will be missionaries, so they, you know, our hands are going to be good. We're going to have no yeah. problem with it. So right.
1: I think that's maybe how it started. Okay. Yeah, it's just it just like I say, this whole arrangement seems very strange to me. Um, it having is. dealt with so much of this stuff and um, knowing how things normally go, this just seems really, really strange to me. The way this all went, and now we end up with this young lady dead. And um, I just, I'm just saying, I think there's way more to this, more people involved.
2: I just got a message on on, uh, Facebook, and they might have, the jury just came to a verdict. Hold on. Okay. Um, Hold on. Let's see, I'm, hold
0: on. we have a verdict.
2: We're looking it up. Let's see if this. Oh my God! What the berries were found? The berries were found not guilty. Oh my! Shut my up! By a jury of their peers. Shut up! Are you
1: serious? Oh my God! Yeah. Oh my God! This is just disgusting.
2: Yeah. I I Holy wondered hell. if if the jury could have heard Nina's testimony and the other people that I that I found out about testimony that is gonna match up with Nina's, I wonder if that verdict would have been different. Yeah. I'm so, so sorry, sore. Nina. I'm I'm so sorry.
1: Gee many I'm, Christmas, I'm, how disgusting. How disgusting. This is just oh, that this just leaves them loose to continue what they're doing. good God, this is disgusting. I don't know how this jury can justify this. I say the pictures of that girl alone should have been enough. Uh, oh, geez. Oh, crap. I mean, I'm sorry. You can't explain this away. You there. There is no rational explanation. There is no plausible excuse. I I say this makes me wonder even more, who all's really involved here. Um. Yeah, oh my God. I, don't I guess
2: there's Everybody's... a reason, Marty, that we're always reporting on judicial corruption. That's always yeah. what we report on. It's usually every Friday night. We report yep. on judicial corruption. We did a special show. Today, kind of more
1: whistleblower. Oh wow! Oh my God! I I'm just sick at my stomach here. I'm just yeah. absolutely. How could you have possibly come to this conclusion if you didn't look at anything but the pictures of the terrible condition that girl was in? Uh, mm. Oh, good Lord! And, I'm just speechless. I'm just absolutely speechless. Mhm. Holy crap. Nina, are you okay? Nina?
5: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm just again, Yebo has one in this scenario that we are in and the fact that I know this family and I know what this family is capable of, and
1: Jesus, I, I, I'm just stunned. I'm just stunned. Oh my God! Apparently, if they'd have left more bruises on her, maybe that would have, would have sufficed. And I guess somebody left sleeping in a hole in a sofa for years on end. You know, so what? Covered in their own feces and urine. Yes, she was being well taken care of. Kiss my... I can't... Oh. Oh. This... I hope everybody on that jury is haunted by this. How
2: many, how many people do we have on the line right now, Marty? Do we have a lot?
1: We're full, we're full
2: Nina, yeah. your story was shared, and yeah. everyone can go back, they can read the articles, they can read what the state said, and they can go to your Facebook and read and read what you say, and they also will make their own decisions as to what they believe it's not It's not as uh as powerful as what a jury. Because the jury of their parents has found them not guilty.
1: Yeah. Oh my God, this is <sighs> disgusting. Oh my Lord.
2: Yeah. And they'll never be tried for this again.
1: Nope.
2: And, and it's not that much comfort, but you know what? Someday there is a great white throne judgment. And it's I guess that's it.
1: Oh, my goodness. Um I got to be careful here cuz my mouth is wanting to runneth over. <coughs> uh, um
4: yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I say I hope this haunts every one of those jurors for the rest of their life and everybody else involved too. And um uh, you mm-hmm. know, I do believe in karma. I do. I believe what you put out comes back to you, and I hope this family suffers horribly. I do, for this terrible, terrible thing they've done. This is, oh, my God. I think we're going to call this a night. I, I am upset, and um, I know you are too, Nina, And um, but we're going to revisit this, and we'll get back with you all and let you know when and how uh but we need a time some time here to digest this and um
0: mm-hmm.
1: of this i my god i just can't believe this just cannot believe it but um i wonder who all was on that jury and it was probably related to the prosecutor and the judge and yeah you know. but anyway Uh, Everybody, we're going to say goodnight here. This has been an extremely upsetting moment. We're just a couple minutes short of our 90-minute break. And um, we will be revisiting this and talking more about this in the future. I want to find out more about this verdict and how in the hell they could have possibly come to a not guilty verdict. And we'll update you on that as soon as we get information. Uh, Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Thanks to our callers and Nina. um, Reach out if you need to talk. Just a shoulder to lean on. We're here. Um, We're here. Okay? Okay. uh, Thank you. To everybody, we'll say good night. Good night, everyone. Good night.